0: Hey, what's up, everybody? My name's MJ, and you're listening to the MTG In Quarantine podcast. As usual, I'd like to give a quick shout-out before we begin to my local game store, Guardian Games. You can find Guardian Games on the web at ggportland.com. I'd also like to use this opportunity to give a huge shout-out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash quarantine. So a huge round of thank yous to Mr. Big Ben's Anomaly... Nick S, Infamous Fridge, Frugal Brutal, Jenna the Filthy M T G Casuals, Coach j Rowe, Geek Beardly, and Scoop Face for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash MTG Quarantine for more information. And you can pick up your very own MTG in quarantine branded playmat over at Inked Gaming. That is I-N-K-E-D-Gaming.com. Got two awesome versions on there, both the full color logo as well as the grayscale version. They both look amazing. You're gonna want one for you and for all of your friends. So remember you can go over to Inked Gaming, that's I-N-K-E-D, gaming.com, pick up one today. Again, all the links are in my link tree. We'll be included in the episode description. Every purchase to help support the channel is greatly appreciated. Also, one last bit of business, I will be at Command Fest Bellevue this upcoming week in Bellevue, Washington. I'll be there a couple of days. I will also be cosplaying on Saturday, so if you are in Bellevue on Saturday for Command Fest Bellevue, make sure to drop by, say hi, I've got some awesome human tokens available for you to take home, we'll jam some games, sounds like a great time. Anyway, on to the episode here, so... I've been recently getting back into my CDH Deck Tech-ish series where I bring awesome brewers from the CDH community on to teach both myself and you as the listeners a little bit about some of their pet decks or their favorite decks, honestly, and basically walk us through how they built them or why they play them, some of the really cool tech that's in there, and then gives you a few tips on if you want to give this particular deck a try for yourself how to get started. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce today's guest. We're talking mono red. We're talking mono red in CDH is not Godo. We're talking with Faded MTG. Welcome to the show.
1: Uh Faded MTG here. Um co-host of the Woodland Deckhouse stream on Twitch. Um we play high power EDH every Wednesday almost. We are skipping this coming with or skipping the twentieth, but We'll be back on the, what is that, the 27th uh, to play some CDH. We do that about once a month, um, but mostly we play high power. You can also find me uh, (laughs) on Twitter under MTG. You can find me on the Mental Misplay stream on Saturdays Mm -hmm. uh, on Twitch, playing for Chalaxamundar sometimes. Um, And then we're here to talk about uh, Rionia.
0: Yeah. Um. It just one quick note about Chalak and Mundar. Obviously, a huge shout out to the guys over at uh, at Mental Misplay. There, Alan and Cyrus are great. I've had Cyrus on the show. Hopefully, we'll get Alan on here at some point. So, just again, just wanted to give another shout out to those two. But yes, we well, you are correct. We are going to be talking about your favorite CDH deck, Riona Fire Dancer. Riona is a human wizard. Three four. Costing three red, red, and reads, at the beginning of combat on your turn, create X tokens that are copies of another target creature you control, where X is one plus the number of instant and sorcery spells you've cast this turn. They gain haste. Exile them at the beginning of the next end step. So, now that we've discussed what the commander does,
1: how does this deck work? Um, most of the time you're trying to go for uh infinite combats or infinite creatures with the dual caster combo, mm-hmm. but um, our cheapest combo starts at uh 8 mana with Rionia and Combat Celebrant. Okay. You just, because Rionia doesn't require you to cast anything, it always will give you at least one. You'll, can you go to combat, copy Combat Celebrant, attack with it, exert it, and get an extra combat and just keep doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Pretty simple combo. Just need to make sure your, celib- your first, actually, I guess your first Celebrant doesn't even have to survive the first combat. You can just no, swing man. in.
1: Yeah, yep. makes sense. You just keep the original back and keep making copies. It doesn't have to actually deal combat damage to get through, unlike Port Razor, which used to be in the deck, but the, getting that combat damage through uh, was just too much of a drawback.
0: For sure, for sure. I mean, it. This off the bat really reminds me of Goto. Honestly, for for the same kind of effect, you're basically just copying a way to be able to give yourself extra combat steps infinitely. And yeah, it just creates an infinite loop, effectively.
1: Yeah, it's a. Uh... Very similar to Godot in that aspect. It even plays Godot because, I mean, it it's a good creature. Right. <laughs> yeah, you play Godo, you get your um, Hammer of Nizan, attach it to Rionia, go to combat, make a token of Godot, that gets you the helm, and then you attach it for free and just win.
0: Definitely some of the amazing tech I've learned on Godo. But again, that's another episode. If anyone out there is (laughs) interested in hearing my episode, I had Ryan from Playing With Power on to talk about Godo. It was a really fun episode. So if you're interested, definitely go check that out. But yeah, so now that we have the uh, combat celebrant combo there, you did mention the dual caster mage combo. I think this may have come up in one or two of the other deck techs I've had on the series, but could you quickly walk us through how that works?
1: Yeah, so you'll need... One, any creature on the field, and both dual caster mage uh, and either twin flame or heat shimmer in hand. And you'll cast either the twin flame or the heat shimmer targeting your creature, and then you cast dual caster mage. When that enters, you'll make a copy of whichever spell you cast, which will then target the dual caster mage, and you just do that infinitely. And because the tokens gain haste, you just get to, to win there, usually.
0: Mm-hmm real easy combo real cheap combo honestly i mean these cards if you are trying to put this together in paper are extremely cheap i mean Dualcaster mage as of this moment is 23 cents so yeah real yeah. cheap real easy to to get and yeah it works
1: this this deck is actually in the the top 10 cheapest decks on the database right now -hmm. Yeah. It comes in at number 10.
0: (laughs) I I noticed that when, yeah, because again, a lot of CDH decks, when you look at them, especially in Moxfield, which is what both you and I use for our deck building uh, website, it has a very handy little uh, price calculator at the bottom, which gives you, you you know, the breakdown by US dollars, euros, ticks for the online play, and some some other things. Obviously, it's an estimated cost, but yes, the fact that your cards here, if you put it all together in paper, is about $2,200 is honestly amazing in a format, or at least in this side of the format, where decks can easily top five or ten thousand dollars in some cases.
1: Yeah, I think uh, CDH uh, guide, um, thank you, Ken from Stacked ADH, um, mm-hmm. it has so much good information on there. Um, I already forgot where I was going with this, but <laughs> um. Hmm. I think that this is really one of the
0: nice oh, things about mono-red is, you know, you have a lot of really tried and proven strategies for mono-red in CDH, and those cards just happen to be, you know, bulk bin type cards. They're not necessarily all rares, they just do good things, and yeah. they're they're cheap. For the most part, yeah,
1: you have like your yeah. dock sides sure, and stuff, sure. but um Even that just got for that part. it did it's starting to go back up again though oh yeah i i know but let's just savor
0: this moment when dockside is actually a little bit you know cool i'm using the air quotes again it's more affordable we'll just go with that
1: yeah that's a good way to put it
0: all right so yeah now that we've talked about a couple of the main combos in here um what are some of kind of the other lines that you have going on here what is the main game plan for this deck when you sit down to play it? Is it one of these two combos, or is there some interesting, like, third or fourth line that you really want to share? There's, there's,
1: like, quite a bit of different lines that you can do with this. Uh, what I love about Rionia is you can, like, play some, uh, some rituals and some cantrips and then go into, um, like a humble defector and draw 10 or 12 cards that turn because he made five or six copies of it Oof. and it doesn't <laughs> matter that your opponents gain control of it because they still go away at the end of turn um you can also just do that with professional facebreaker. i've mm-hmm. had games where i made like five or six professional face and made like eight to twelve treasures and then just use those to draw cards looking for the the finish um so its grind ability is is really strong, and that's where I think it differs a bit from Goto. is mm-hmm. you can you can go Dockside, make five treasures, play Rionia, go to combat, make another copy of Dockside, and have even more mana for second main or next turn or or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's just so many fun things you can do. Yeah, for
0: sure. Goto is definitely a very proactive, very turbo deck in certain ways, depending on your opening hand, whereas Rionia gives you that nice... Ability to not only provide a combo finish, but, you know, also get, get, yeah, get give you that nice grind ability value uh, going into mm-hmm. the mid game, let's say. I mean, obviously you're running those combo creatures, you're running a lot of the main type of tutor creatures, you're running Dockside, you're running Imperial Recruiter, you're running yeah. Ragavan in here. So yeah. I mean, it's just like the CDH red staples in here. You're also running Bergy, which obviously helps with some of your storm ability to be able to continue gaining mana Every time you cast a spell, keep ritual effect, ritual effect. Also, we've yeah. talked about Godot. And I, I, again, we have the Godot's best friend treason's ogre in here too. So yeah, it, yeah just I mean, a lot of
1: good in here. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun yeah.
0: utility creatures in red, but a lot of really cool stuff that you're doing here. This is a really interesting list, real interesting list. So now that we've talked about the main pieces of this list, what are some of the cards that you feel like kind of fall through the cracks a little bit, as it were, that people may not really notice at first when they look at this list, but you think are really worth the mention or, you know, they're underrated? I
1: think the, they're also win cons, but they're the... They're the win cons that people don't expect you to win with, like Lightning Runner. Um, it gives you energy when it attacks, gives you two energy, and then you can pay eight energy, and if you do, you untap all creatures and gain additional combat phase. You only have to cast two instants or sorceries, and then you make three copies, and the original even has haste, so you can go like Ritual, Ritual, Lightning Runner, Rionia, win the game. And nobody expects it or sees it coming. Um, and another one is fanatic of Mogus. Um, mm-hmm. When it enters the battlefield, it deals damage to each opponent equal to your devotion to red. And that um, just on its own comes down. Usually does like five damage. The first one you go to combat, and they all see each other's devote, each other's pips, and count towards devotion. So. It can get out of hand pretty quick, especially if we have a harmonic prodigy out there.
0: Oof, so kind of a Gary, Gray Merchant of Asphodel. So yeah, it's out. like
1: a, a mono red Gary. Yeah, that's nice, nice. a good way to put it.
0: <laughs> that's actually pretty sweet, honestly. I mean, for yeah, for anyone who may think mono red doesn't have options in CDH, there are so many options. It it always boggles my mind just how good red is in in EDH, and this deck really yeah. demonstrates some of the th- a lot of the things that go the godo deck obviously doesn't demonstrate because i feel like and, and this is coming from me as a dedicated godo player right is that i know that mm. deck that deck is kind of in on the one game plan if it doesn't work you're 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 boned but yeah. you know th- this rionia deck you can just do so many different things it gives you a lot of utility it doesn't have necessarily the speed that the godo deck does in a lot of cases but you i feel like you have more flexibility with this game plan and that's definitely something that i
1: notice uh just by
0: looking through this list
1: it uh it's definitely a, a lot more flexible but it, it is fast too i've had i've had turn one wins with this deck well
0: sure 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 it's um, just i, especially I because I, of treasonous ogre but yeah <laughs> well yeah treasonous ogre just makes this work and and, and, and you know mm-hmm. I, I wasn't trying to say this deck doesn't have speed ability i just feel like goto just really leans into speed 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 to try to yeah, pump out Godo, get Helm, you know 11 yeah get to 11 and win whereas rionia you can if you get treasonous Ogre, but if you don't have that immediately there's just a lot of value going up the chain here um between to Ragavand up to goto if you have to run mm-hmm. five six seven turns you have the ability to copy a dockside just to get extra mana You have the ability to just be able to copy Humble Defector to be able to get 10 to 12 cards. You don't... You don't... Or, sorry, you're not really reliant upon one or two specific cards or strategies. You have multiple combo lines. You have the ability to to grind in more of like a stacked-out game. You just have ways to punch in if you have to. There's a lot of combat in here, so it's not just about combos. You can do the punchies. You can do finite punchies if you have to.
1: And there's a yes. lot of cool stuff going on here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of punchies, we have a uh, devilish valet in here. Mm-hmm. Um, new card from New Pinna. When it enter, when a creature, when another creature enters the battlefield, it, you double its power. So if you can make, I think, what was the math? If you make five of them, you can kill everybody at uh, full health. With it, so obviously as the game goes on, it just requires less and less um, spells cast for it to go off. But it, I straight up killed a whole person casting that and making a few of them before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because let's see, you go one, two, to four, to eight, to sixteen, to thirty-two, to sixty-four. Yeah, so five, six creatures, yeah. and and you have right there. Obviously, depending mm-hmm. on how many turns you've played, maybe there's some chip damage. Fetch lands, yeah, and they, things like that. They yeah.
1: all see each other, too. So, like, the <laughs> new tokens will get... Like, if you make five, they'll get the double their power four times, and the original gets double the power five times. And I think it's it, it was something close to, like, 56 damage to each opponent or something. That is brutal, but I like it. I like it. Yeah, something we're, we're kind of trying out. Um, we'll see if it lasts, because it is kind of... Um, you, you kind of requires a much to fully go off, but it does put pressure in, um, without it or not.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. Yeah, a lot of really cool little sorceries here, one mana things, give your creatures trample, draw cards.
1: Uh, yeah, the, all the cantrips. I, I played Bergy before I, before Rionia came out, um, so I kind of figured all the cantrips from there were pretty solid to put in here, too.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. You, you,
1: Things like Warlord's Fury
0: give all your creatures first strike, draw a card, crash mm-hmm. through, gain trample until end of the turn, draw a card, and just some nice little exile effects to be able to, you know, get the cards you need, but not maybe have to discard a card. Things like Reckless Impulse here will do that. Obviously, Jessica's will. Um, you're you're running the wheels, you know, the, the usual fun things like that, right? So, yeah. just fun little red card draw things here, plus the. The, uh, the rituals and whatnot and everyone loves Tibble's trickery and fork is even in this list too which is interesting
1: yes fork is real good i've uh I've used it to copy a crop rotation once and just get me a soul land for the next turn and it just went off um it does a lot of things it's usually an extra tutor um or even a counter spell fork is very very uh very useful in almost every situation.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, j- just a lot of really generically useful red cards in there, plus a couple of cantrips, as you just mentioned, and, yeah. again, fun little things like Valakid Awakening, too, just in case you need to be able to ship some cards in your hand to, to get a few extra things.
1: So Yeah, I like that as a, as a self-wheel, plus it's instant speed and can be a land in a pinch, but usually isn't. Usually you're holding that up for you to put four cards on the bottom and draw five and hope one of them is a combo piece or a humble defector or something to let you go off. For um, sure, for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm also noticing they're running a breach in here as well. I'm, I'm assuming that's just to make sure that in case any of your combo creatures get killed, you're able to just replay them and uh, get the yeah, value. Yeah, it's,
1: it's just a value yeah. breach. Uh, we're not running LED. Um there's just no reason to unlike Godot where it it doesn't matter what cards you have in your hand. It's kind of not useful to just power out your commander or power out other things. So we just cut it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's definitely cool to be able to hear how breach, especially since I've talked with a lot of folks about having breach be a main combo line, right. Or a way to be able to keep your combo lines going breach here which can be a value card, too, is just a nice little uh, difference here that I think... Yeah, I, I think it's something a lot of people kind of forget about this card, is Breach obviously was intended to be just a way to be able to get extra value out of your graveyard. I think it ended up just being a little bit too busted
1: for Watsi's original yeah.
0: intent here.
1: They, they made a better Yawgsmoth, Will, and they didn't mean to.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. There was a game, though, that I played where... I, there technically is an Underworld Breach combo in here, mm-hmm. and it requires, um, like, Professional Facebreaker, Dockside, um, and then uh, Seize the Day, um, just to go infinite that way. Um, preferably, like, Professional Facebreaker, because that lets you exile uh, cards and cast other things to fill your yard even more. Um, but yeah, it may not be completely infinite, but it's infinite enough <laughs> it's finite enough
0: mm-hmm. yeah but definitely an interesting line and yeah breach is always good so yeah yeah never never sleep on the breach and it, again if if you're just if you're listening to this and you're just new to cdh and you're not really sure exactly what all the cards do or the synergies if you see underworld breach on someone else's board kill it with fire if you can because it will yeah. usually be bad for you if it resolves. don't don't let it
1: resolve yeah <laughs> <laughs> or
0: yeah or, or you know exile someone's graveyard or you know something yeah yeah just just you know tormod's script even works on on this if, you, if you're playing the right kind
1: of shell for us. So, yeah just yeah breach is good really good <laughs> yeah. uh, the one other enchantment we're playing is aggravated assault because obviously, if you make a dockside, if you have dockside that makes five treasures, uh, you just get to take infinite combats and kill everybody with dock sides, which is mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Professional Facebreaker can also infinite combo with Aggravated Assault as well as At Sushi.
0: Yep.
1: Um, all you have to do is cast one instant or sorcery, go to combat, make two At Sushis, they mm-hmm. die, you get six treasures, and then there you are making infinite combats.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah uh, aggravated assault it, i think goes as the card that i have in my collection that has gained the most value over the last two years got it for less than a dollar and now it's 40 dollars so yay oh geez i didn't
1: even realize that Bay prices um that's that's quite a big of a jump
0: yeah it is but again i i, I think that happened uh, back when uh oh the, the the Minotaur and Zendikar Rising, whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head, Morog, got uh, well, got previewed. I think sense. I think that's the moment when this card spiked, and then it's just stayed there ever since.
1: Yeah, it's a solid card, especially when you're combat centric. Oh, it totally
0: is, and especially if you're able to get five to six treasures every combat, then yeah, you're able to combo out with this fairly easily. It's just it's a nice yeah. little third or fourth backup way to be able to get infinite combat steps in this deck that don't necessarily require
1: the the usual combo creatures and they're just not bad pieces on their own to begin with either so Mm -hmm. there's just no reason not to run them. really you're not playing a dead card i i'll play aggravated assault any day (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's a really 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 good card yeah so now that we've
0: talked a little bit about or you know talked a lot about the deck i should say um do you just have any really, like, really cool stories of recent games you just really want to share that kind of demonstrate how awesome this deck is? Um,
1: let's see. Let's see if I can bring this one up. Um, let's see. Yeah, the... I had a recent game where I went on, uh, Turn three, I had a turn zero gemstone. Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is the fork game. A turn zero gemstone, turn one Urza Saga, and then just pass. And then turn two, I played a land, forked the crop rot, and got ancient tomb. Um, floated mana off the saga to get soul ring. Cast recruiter to get dockside. Use them to cast Rionia. Then copy dockside, make five more treasures. Cast a seeds today. Um, when an opponent tried to counter that, and I had Tibble's Trickery in hand, um, which casting that also added to my spell count, um, putting me at a uh, spell count 2 for Rayonia. Then I go to combat make 3 copies of Dockside, getting 15 treasures. And then yep. I cast Lightning Runner, Flashback Seize the Day, spell count 3, go to combat, made 4 Lightning Runners, and just, that was, that was it. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, that that's definitely. It sounds like you're living the dream right there, being
1: able to. Yeah, oh, that was that was real good. <laughs> yeah, being able to get your extra
0: combats, being able to just you know, and especially the fact you're able to do that in two turns too. That's that. I think that's the the real the real big thing there too, because obviously your turn one you weren't really setting up overly much. We were you weren't no. exactly just no. dumping mana on the field turn one. Okay, so now that we've really talked about this deck, now we've talked about a little bit about the gameplay and whatnot, I'm sure there are people out there who are saying, hey, this sounds like a really awesome deck. I want to play that. Where should I start? What advice do you have for people who are interested in trying out the deck for the first time?
1: Um, you know, if you're interested, just go for it. Um, you can even play like a high-powered version to start with. You can cut some of the more expensive cards and um play a little bit more um more fun stuff um like i at one point had terror of the peaks in here but it just was a little too slow um in testing but that card will just wreck wreck in uh in like a high powered or um even in this list but i think it might be a little expensive
0: (laughs) Yeah, Tear of the Peaks is, is fairly expensive. Five mana are also $30 or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. An- another card I actually do have sitting in my collection for some random reason, and I've never actually found a good use for it. So, fun, fun things. Um, yeah, but anyway, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about this deck today. This is a really cool deck. It's really cool being able to see another really awesome red deck um, in-, in CDH.
1: Yeah, I've been having a, a blast playing it. Yeah. Um been working on it ever since it uh came out i had it on the brewer's corner previously and then i didn't realize i needed to have people (laughs) submit feedback so it kind of got removed and then uh she recently got put back on there so we're just just trying to get the word out really
0: hey congrats on getting that on the the main database that's that's really awesome
1: still in the Brewers' corner right now, but hopefully we can get it on main.
0: Hey, hey, it's that, that, still pretty awesome. The fact you got on the database is still pretty cool. All right, and again, where can people find your content if they're interested in checking this stuff out in practice?
1: Um, you can find me on Twitter or at the Woodland Deckhouse channel on Twitch um, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All right, sounds good.
0: And if you're interested in hearing any of the previous deck texts that I've done on this series, or just didn't want interested in hearing any of the other interviews that I've had on this podcast, you can find those on the usual podcast outlets. That's your Google's Apple, Spotify, Player FM, RocketCast, PocketCast, Overcast, MTGcast, and a million others. I never remember all of them, but if it's a major podcast outlet, you can probably find it on there. You can also find me on Twitter at, at MTGInQuarantined. I'd like to utilize this opportunity again to give another huge shout-out and thank-you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash quarantine So another huge round of thank-yous to Mr. Big Ben's Anomaly, Nick S., Infamous Fridge, Frugal Brutal, Jenna the Filthy MTG Casuals, Coach J-Row, Geek Beardly, and Scoop Faze for supporting the show. If you'd like to support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash quarantine for more information. And again, you can find me at Command Fest Bellevue this upcoming week in Bellevue, Washington. I'll be there Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday. I'm still not sure yet. But again, make sure to drop by, say hi, catch me in my costume on Saturday, and walk away with your very own custom human token. So again, I'll, that will be Command Fest Bellevue this weekend in Bellevue, Washington. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the MTG in Quarantine podcast. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.